It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Crash and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, and we are the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. Nearly all of Love Thy Nerd shows and podcasts air on LTN Radio first, and you'll also find an amazing mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie all week long. That's right, so if you're listening to our show on podcast, you're late and you're missing out on all we have to offer, check out LTNOnAir.com or download the Live 365 app, search and favorite LTN Radio. Now, as uh, you can probably tell, I'm alone in the studio today. If you've missed our previous two shows, uh, Mo is Mo's gone. Mo's gone for for at least this week, uh, as uh, they found out uh, the tail end of last week that her husband had uh, tested positive for the coronavirus. He's doing okay, uh, as far as as far as uh, we're aware. Uh, he's he's doing just fine. Uh, she got tested, got tested negative. I'm sure she'll get tested again uh, here in the coming days. But uh, just doing an abundance of caution here, so we're not getting together to record these. And uh, kind of came out of nowhere, so we weren't quite ready to get set up for some sort of distance podcast thing. But that might be the way we go next week if we have to. We shall see. It's all kind of up in the air. By the time you're actually hearing this, we might have more uh, clarity on the issue. But uh, as of the time of recording... Uh, things are still kind of up in the air. And so instead of the topic that we originally planned on talking about today, we're pushing that to later. And we're giving you a special episode today where we're going to bring you three of our classic conversations that are kind of tied together. It's going to be focusing on the Christian music industry and specific uh, anomalies, or maybe not anomalies, but just specific situations that are kind of uncomfortable to talk about. And we're going to try and bring some sense to them. But first, before we get to that, it is January 13th, 2020, and we've got some holidays to celebrate. First of all, it is National Rubber Ducky Day, so, you know, squeaka squeaka. And it's also National Sticker Day, which will make my children very happy. Stickers everywhere. Stickers are like, I remember when I was a kid, stickers were like money. I mean, they were the gold standard, and you always had like some special stickers that you that you never put anywhere, because you those were... Those were like the the primo, the optimum. You're like, ah, I can't just stick this on anything. I need to stick it on something that will last. You know, and I say that that was the thing as a kid, but I'm kind of the same way today. We got, we've, you know, I've been a sticker fiend when it was back row radio, and then we got into LTN radio. Made a whole bunch of different stickers for for the the brand, and uh, yeah, when you get down to those last few, you're like, Oh, I can't just stick these anywhere. I need, I need to reserve these for someplace special. All right. Yeah. Celebrate it. National sticker day. All right, folks. Well, let's just dive into our very first topic of the day. The topic for our special Christian music special, uh, that we're going to focus on in this segment is what do we do when Christian artists leave the faith? That's right. We're not starting off easy. We're diving right in pretty deep. Let's go. 
Today, we're going to be talking about Christian bands who leave the faith. Now, last year, shortly after we launched Back Row Radio, I got a message uh, from a listener about Under Oath. Uh, we've been playing some of their older stuff, which, you know, they've been featured on the the uh, X compilation albums, the, the Christian rock compilation albums. Uh, they've released several albums uh, as a Christian rock band. But apparently, as of the middle of last year, they are no longer Christian. Uh, I think a couple members of the band still consider themselves Christians, but the, the main, uh, the front man and a couple of the other uh, members, they, they, they no longer believe in God, they no longer follow Christianity, and uh, they have released a new album that's you know full of curse words and anti-Christian sentiment, hmm. but under the same band name. Uh, and at one point, their their music, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, you know, we're a Christian band, here's our rock music. But their lyrics were very faith-centered, very uh, poignant stuff. And uh, it was phenomenal music all the way around. But after finding out how strongly against Christianity they have come out as now, I felt that I had to remove their older stuff from the station even though that's all that we were playing and that we wouldn't play any of their newer non-Christian stuff. But uh, that brought up an interesting, you know, thought is, do I have to? Right. You know, what what do you do when a band leaves the faith? Is there past music that was faithful and that was uh, in line biblically and, and uh, it was, you know, positive on the idea of faith? Is that voided? Do we leave that out now from the entire idea of, of uh, playing it on the radio? And I honestly don't know the answer. Like, what, do you, what are your impressions first off before we go any further into this? What do you think the answer to that is? Or do you... uh, I think the answer to... Oh, that's a bad handprint. <laughs> Mo was trying to do a, the old turkey... Handprint draw on a piece of paper. I was, and it, was it it failed. Um, my first thought is that no, you don't remove the old music because I still believe that that old music, regardless of their stance now, that that old music can still bring glory to God. Sure, it can still speak truth into someone's life. It can still hit somebody and meet them exactly where they are. And cause them, I'm not saying that a a song is going to save a person. And I did air quotes around save because we know that Jesus is the only one that can save us. But I feel like a song can be a tool, can be a catalyst used to open up a door, to soften a heart, to convict someone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those things are not voided because of choices made. In the future. Sure. But I guess the, the counter argument to that, at least being played on the radio, would be that, especially with a station like us that plays music from uh, several different kind of time periods, mm-hmm. if someone who had never heard of Under Oath before saw that playing on our station, heard their song, said that was great, mm-hmm. and, and then, then decided, to pick, decided to pick up their latest album, thinking they're a Christian band, and then they're suddenly bombarded with all these non-Christian uh, messages. Sure. Couldn't that have the opposite effect at that point? 
And see, that's, I guess, I think that's the worry that the, the people that pointed this out to me had. Yeah, it anyway. could have the opposite effect. I, <sighs> I, I mean, I completely see your point, too. And that that was the exact question that I was wrestling with. Yeah. Is is it is it worth it? That's kind of the the balance of is it is it worth that risk to have them on there and still possibly have them have a positive effect as opposed to the possible negative effect? And I don't know exactly where to stand. Of course, I took the the safe route and just took them off. We only had I think three of their songs on here anyway. Yeah. But. They were three of my favorite songs. And so that made it even more hard Yeah, uh, for me to choose. Um, we have a list of bands here that have left the faith. Uh, and I have their reasons why. And uh, the reasons why are sad. And I feel, in my opinion, at least in most cases, avoidable. Okay. So, of course, we have Under Oath, and they, they uh, the main reason they bring up is pretty much hypocritical and judgy Christians. Uh, one of the band members had an issue with drugs and struggled with that, uh, even while they were a band, and that kind of got out, and they were kind of lambasted by, you know, Christian society as a, at large, which is, you know, the most... Most vocal of us are the worst of us, exactly. pretty much. And so, of course, yes, that happens. Uh, there's a band called Sir Sly, not super uh, mainstream, uh, but the lead singer said his mother-in-law got brain cancer, and he didn't understand how a loving God could let something like that happen. So it's the whole, why do bad things happen to good people idea. Mm. Uh, Dave Bazan of Pedro the Lion, he had questions about the faith that, quote-unquote, no one could answer. Which, eh, I mean, I feel like any question that you could have about the faith, there's an answer for it somewhere. Yeah. You're just not looking really hard if you mm-hmm. can't find one. Uh, Shannon Lowe of The Order of Elijah uh, misinterpreted the story of Elisha and the bears um, as, he, he the way he read it, he interpreted it as uh, Elijah gets called a name and by uh, little children and God sends bears to kill them and rip them apart. That's not exactly how the story goes. It's not little children. Uh, they're, they're referred to as young men in the same way that David was referred to as a young man. But David wasn't a boy when he took on Goliath either. He was a, you know, he was more akin to like a 25-year-old, you know, someone in their prime uh, physical condition. He was just small. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the reference of small people, not children. Uh, and it wasn't a, oh, I got called a name situation. Anyway, we'll get into that whole story another day, I'm sure. Uh, okay. Anyway, it's a lot more it's a lot more intricate and complicated than, than what mis- people interpret it as, typically. Uh, there was George per- Perdikus, uh, original member of the Newsboys. Uh, he said that there were impossible standards of Christians, and uh, he also s- hates that Christians ignore their own flaws. And he actually brings up the movie God's Not Dead, which the current version of the Newsboys was featured in. Uh, and he said, you know, that movie was the perfect example of how Christians can vilify everybody that doesn't agree with them 
and ignore the idea that Christians could have any problems or faults of their own. And I completely agree. That movie was very... All the Christians know exactly what they're talking about, and they're great people, mm-hmm. and all the unbelievers are terrible. The only only bad representation of a Christian in that movie was the dude's girlfriend, who, you know, who knows? We never really see her uh, actual faith displayed. We just see her complaining that her boyfriend doesn't spend enough time with her or whatnot. Um, then we have As I Lay Dying uh, all but one of the members drifted because of bigotry and hatred in Christianity uh, and their front man uh, Tim Lambesis uh, was sent to prison for trying to hire someone to kill his wife and he spent six years in prison for that and then of course we have Gunger which is a, the weirdest of them all who Gunger which was a big name in worship music, was playing on K-Love for all the time, Uh, left the faith, fully embraced atheism for about a year, then came back to God, but now doesn't believe a lot of the biblical stories and thinks that the idea that God sent his son to die for our atonement is disturbing and horrific, and that any Christian that believes that that was the case is a terrible person. Wow. Uh, So... I mean, all of these are legitimate reasons to have doubts or to struggle. But as I said, as I appear as I read the stories and the interviews, that most of these artists didn't really seek to understand or find answers. Now, I can't say that for sure for all of these people. Right. uh, But just based on the answers that I see in these interviews and stuff, they seem very simplistic. They seem very uh, uninformed. And that makes leads me to believe that they didn't actually seek out the answers. That maybe they were uh, either looking for a reason to confirm their doubts or that things had gone wrong and they would gotten into the situation where they were blaming God. Uh, which, you know, we all kind of have a season of that at least once in our lives. Yeah. Uh, but, but I do believe that some of the big things, the problems that they have they do get right is uh, the attitude of Christians. Cause we just, you know, we said a second ago, the loudest of us are the worst of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even remember we were going to a newsboys concert when I was in youth group and we had to turn around and come home cause it got disrupted by a giant protest of other Christians who believed that rock music was of the devil. And so we left. You know, we had to turn around and come back because they had caused such a ruckus that they had to shut it down. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't safe. And the fact that they all saw that as okay. Like, they not only caused a problem, they caused a safety issue. Mm -hmm. They had people... Afraid for their lives because they were so violently angry. Right. That the whole thing was canceled. How do you go home that night being one of those people and think, I did the Lord's work today? How can you how can you spit Bible verses out of your mouth with bile on your tongue? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
and think that that's exactly how this is supposed to work. That's exactly how we're supposed to act. That's how we're supposed to treat people who have problems or treat people who do things differently than we do. And so when it comes to that idea, when I was younger in the faith, that was always a temptation to make me want to stop trying to live a Christian life. Yeah. Because, because we're, if, if being a Christian meant I had to look like them. Right. I don't want to look like that. Yeah. The idea that uh, we ignore the fact that we have our own problems and that we're all hypocrites so we can yell at somebody else, mm-hmm. that's a terrible place to be in. And too many of us are in that place. Mm-hmm. And so I can see how that could turn some people off. The other idea that we have about Christian bands is that we think because they write lyrics that inspire us, that they're all super spiritual and they're all right. they very don't have any struggles. old in their faith yeah. and they're all, they all know exactly what they're talking about. Uh, this came up with that Lauren Daigle thing mm-hmm. when Lauren Daigle was asked about, you know, what she thought about homosexuality and gay marriage and all that. And she mm-hmm. said, you know, I really don't know enough about it to make uh, a a solid answer. And so I'm just going to pass on that question. Yeah. You know, that's that was a wise way to answer the question. Yeah. If you haven't studied it, if you don't know exactly what the Bible says about it, and you don't want to just add fuel to a conversation that, uh, without doing your own due diligence, then, yeah, that's how you should answer it. Yeah. But everybody got so mad that she didn't know, thinking that, well, but because she's an artist, she has to be a role model. Because if she's a role model, she has to know every answer to mm-hmm. every controversy and every right. thing. It's just, it's a sad place to be in. It and is. it's an impossible standard. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get it. I get how you can get to that point where that becomes so overwhelming for you as mm-hmm. a musician and as an artist and as a lyric writer that you just want to quit. Yeah. 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 But it is also sad. It's sad that you do give up without doing your own due diligence of, hey, maybe not everybody's like this. Or, hey, maybe there is an answer to this doubt or this question that I have that I haven't really asked about. Yeah. Or sought the answer for. Um, it's... Uh, it's rough. It is rough. There's no, I mean, there's no, there's no conclusion that we can come to with this discussion that's going to make everything seem better. Um, the idea of can we still play their older music? I mean, I liked As I Lay Dying too. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of their stuff when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. Uh, and of course, this member of the Newsboys, uh, George George uh, Predicus, Predicus, whatever you say it. Uh, you know, he was on the Going Public and Take Me to Your Leader albums, I believe. Yeah. Which are, Take Me to Your Leader is like the classic Newsboys album with the original band. Do I stop playing them? I mean, he was one of the, sing- he was one of the vocalists. Him and Peter Fuller, Furler uh, both sang the lyrics. Right. Do I take that out? I don't, I don't know. I haven't yet because I love that album. It's quintessential. It's got breakfasts. It's got uh, Take Me to Your Leader. It's got God's Not a Secret. Mm, 
all good stuff. See, and I just feel like God, God's not turning his back on them. God's not abandoning them. In many ways, if God was running a radio station, <laughs> I don't feel like he would take their music off. It's KGOD. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I know that that sounds kind of silly to say and and almost foolish to make the assumption that God would run a radio station. But to put ourselves in that predicament, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm, I'm even thinking about friends that we've had that have decided to no longer live in the faith. You know, that they've had, we know people who were super oversaved. And within the last couple of years, their life has just taken a huge turn. And when I see those people, I don't shy away from them. I don't turn away from them. Oftentimes I hug them. I engage them in conversation. I tell them that I'm thinking about them. I'm praying mm -hmm. for them. I love them. I congratulate them for things that have happened in their life. Why? Because I still love them. Because they're still a person. They're still... They're worth something. Yes. They're not garbage to be thrown away. Yes. Just because they don't believe like we do anymore. And everything that they did while an active part of the church is not null and void. Yeah. Lives that they reached, people that they touched, those things are not washed completely away because of choices that they've made right. now. And I feel very much the same about Christian music and Christian artists. We can't make their choices for them. They are still human. They still are flawed. They still have the capability of turning away. But at one point, they were reaching lives and they were doing things for the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah, I think, so I think when it comes to this discussion of what do we do at this point, do we play their music or do we not? I think... Whether I agree with it completely or not, I think the, the the decision comes down to if they're still making music. Yeah. So like under oath and as I lay dying, they're they're still making music and now the music is completely against the faith. Yeah. Or faithless, as it were. Yeah. And as long as that's happening, I don't feel like I'd be comfortable enough to keep it on the station. Yeah. Just for that reason of I don't want somebody to, especially a kid, like a teenager, an impressionable mm -hmm. young person in the faith, to hear a great song by Under Oath and then go get their new stuff. And suddenly they have tons of questions right. that they didn't have before or worries or whatever. Yeah. But then like when it comes to the Newsboys, George left the band he didn't make any more music under yeah. the name The Newsboys. Yeah. See, I almost feel like it would have been better if Under Oath just changed their name. Yeah. Just change your name. Then Under Oath can be preserved. Yeah. <laughs> as it was as a Christian band. And you can go on and do your thing. I can agree with that. But at the same time, I see why they wouldn't want to do that. Because this is the brand that they built. Yeah. And I, But I, honestly, I think that alone would have been enough. You're like, yes, we'll keep Under Oath on the station. Yeah. Because then you're looking it up and you're not going to find Under Oath's new non-christian stuff you're gonna yeah. find some other band so. see and for me so and this is where we differ and that's okay yeah but for me i 
I envision my 13-year-old Googling a band and here comes Wikipedia, you know. Mom, yeah. Mom, did you know that this this band and they were Christian believers and now they're not and this is why and blah, blah, blah. And that opens up doors for conversation. Sure. Now, I realize that I am like one in a very few who still have conversations with their kids. <laughs> it's not the common thing anymore. I get that. Um, so I can't just err on the side of what happens in, in my home. You know, I have to think about the big picture. Yeah. But at the same time, like my big picture, my big picture positive self wants to be like, well, then that's one kid that's praying for that band. That's one kid that knows that this is what happened. And maybe that's one kid that will go to a concert, but seek that band out to say, hey, I liked your music so much better when you were believers, when you played this. I prefer, you know, that's just my big picture positive side that I realize is slightly unrealistic. Yeah. But could happen. Right. And I don't dis- <laughs> I don't disagree. That's ideal. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I would be coming up against those same Christians. Yeah. That cause problems for everybody. Yeah, it's true. And I'm not saying that the people that pointed this out to me before were right, that way. Right. I-, I believe that they were honestly trying to help mm-hmm. and just make me aware of the situation. Um but if word got out of that continued to be an issue or that grew to be an issue, well, suddenly now we got people protesting our radio station for no real reason. Yeah. Other than you're playing music from a band who now doesn't believe in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And even though that music was very faith-based and lyrics were very positive and and, uh, faith positive, uh, we're going to cause a problem for you. And that's why if I were in charge of running the radio station, it would be it would have been done before it started because I would have been like, yes, I am sticking to my guns and I am playing this because <laughs> they are still people who we need to encourage and love on. And but I'm I'm not the one in charge. So <laughs> I again, I don't disagree with. You. I know you don't disagree. And I know. At, I know it's still it's still an ongoing debate in my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you are very, you have a lot of gray where I am very black and white Yeah, and that's, you can see more of the bigger picture. Whereas I just see, nope, this is how it is <laughs> doing it this way. You're going to like it. And if you don't like it, oh, well, that's okay. Didn't need you anyway. Like Deuces homie. Lump it. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly what we accomplished with that discussion, other than to say it's sad and we hate it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we hate that there's no easy answer yep. to this. But and we uh, hope that you all will be praying for Christian yeah, bands. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it's just like, and I'm yeah, I'm about to stick my foot in my mouth again. But it's just like <laughs> praying for your pastors, or praying for the president, or praying for those in leadership. Don't leave out Christian bands. Yeah. Don't leave out those celebrities who are known as christians you know they deal with a lot of controversy a lot of attack a lot of judgment a lot of being held to a higher standard than yes. should be reasonable <laughs> yes pray for them yeah encourage them because they are humans they could fall and it could be because of something that someone said that they thought was supposed to be 
by Christian standard, but you really came off as a hypocrite. Yeah. And you know, what was the, what the most difficult thing for me to see was with the under oath thing was that, you know, their whole, their whole main reasoning for leaving the faith was the hypocritical and judgy Christians. Yeah. And so when they announced that, who came out of the woodworks to start cussing them out and calling them terrible heathens, hellbound garbage people? Yep. Those same people. Just only reinforce, added, yep. Yeah. Reinforcing what they already thought and convincing them that they made the right decision. Yep. And that's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. So let's stop talking about it. All right, we're going to take a break right there. When we get back for our special Christmas music-focused episode, we're going to bring you a discussion about Christian musicians who choose to cuss in their songs. Believe it or not, it's a more common thing than you might realize. Uh, And it also brings up a lot of need for discussion. But first, Faith and Fandom 180 with Hector Mirai. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So when my family went to bed last night, I sat down, turned on my Xbox, and decided I'm going to play a little bit of Assassin's Creed. I had 16 people to find and, you know, air quotes deal with, and then I had two final story arcs to complete and an epilogue before the whole game was over, and I'm pacing myself. So I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with uh, four of the people I've got to find. So I dealt with those four people, and I'm like, oh, well, that went quicker. Um, I'll do the next four. And that went pretty quick, too, and the next four. And finally, I'm like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll go ahead and do one of the final two missions. And I, I did that, and then it was like two in the morning, and I'm like, oh, man. Uh, I'll go ahead and do the last one. And I did it. And somewhere around 4.30, I finished all of the story elements of the game. And I was like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And I'm like, oh man, that was amazing. I really wish somebody was awake right now so I could talk about how good of an experience that was. And I, I had a blast. Um, horrible life choice. I regretted it deeply as far as sleep, but you, you get me. I think that that's one of the things is we, we tell ourselves we're only going to go so far and we get in our own way. In Genesis 12, 1, it says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I show you. Every time I think of this story, I think of the fact that God told Abram to pack up all his gear and to leave without telling him where he was going yet. You know, most of us would have said, God, I'm going to follow you, but I'm only going to follow you so far. I'm only going to do this much. I'm only going to serve this much. I'm only going to give this much time. I'm only going to go this far out of our comfort zone. But the reality is when we can learn to stop giving God our boundaries we might actually be able to see some things pay off and have big finishes. Because when we get in our own way from where God is leading us, we suffer. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Road Morning Show 
only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about what Faith and Fandom does, head over to our new website, faithandfandom.org, where you can learn more about our podcasts, Comic-Con ministry, memes, and our book series that has seven volumes out with more on the way. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt, and if you're listening to us on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network, remember that all of our shows air first on LTN Radio during the actual morning hours, and we would love to kick off your day with some humor and fun. You can head over to LTNOnAir.com and see the schedule, and also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone device. You can also enable LTN Radio uh, as a skill on your Echo devices, and then simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now, normally, this is where we jump into Random Facts and Florida Man here on Wednesday, but because we're doing a, a special we have another segment on uh, Christian music and the industry around it. And uh, this one is a bit of a, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a problem that you didn't realize existed. But it is a discussion around Christian musicians who make the choice to cuss in their songs. As I said at the end of last the last segment, that's probably a more common thing than you realize. So let's just dive right in and see what we have to say. Today, we are talking about how do we respond when a Christian or Christian band cusses in a song. Uh, this, this really came to a head back in 2012 when P.O.D. released an album called Murdered Love, which, in my opinion, was a fantastic album, one of their best. But it had one issue, and it came in the form of the last track on the album, a song called I Am. Uh, John J. Thompson explained the song like this on the website Think Christian. He said, the album's closing track, I Am portrays the desperate inner turmoil of a soul trapped in pain, sin, and confusion, who is experiencing the dawning of the light of salvation and wondering if they are worth the effort. The pilgrim's flesh recoils from the holiness of God. Lead vocalist Sonny Sandoval artfully captures the internal tension of spiritual rebirth in a way that is street smart, culturally relevant, and shocking. The lyric drops the F-bomb into the question, who are you the word itself is conspicuously edit uh, conspicuously edited by a turntable scratch so you don't actually hear the f word but you can tell that's what it was before it was censored the choice makes perfect sense in this context and will likely turn the head of many pod's non-christian fans as the band takes their proverbial gloves off in order to truthfully portray this dramatic moment the song ends as the rhythmic churn slows the defiance changes and the lyric quotes revelations 21 5 behold i make all things new the tension resolves as the character surrenders and seemingly accepts the divine love uh, offer it's an incredible rock and roll moment and a shining example of P.O.D.'s lingering power to speak truth to the often nihilistic modern metal world. Still, many Christians won't be able to get past the implied use of profanity and will miss everything this song has to offer. Case in point, copies sold in Christian bookstores emit the closing track entirely. When uh, asked about it on Cross Rhythms, Sonny Sandoval, the lead singer, had this to say. He said, we never said this is Christian music. People saw the fruit of that and labeled us as Christians. I got saved and I just wanted to walk with Jesus. 
I'm learning the ropes. I didn't know there was two different industries. I didn't know there was a Christian industry and an evil secular industry. We just made music for anyone and anybody who would listen. Back then, 21 years ago, uh, when we started, I was never Christian enough for the Christian industry anyway because I had tattoos. My music was too loud. I never felt like I was this Christian guy in a Christian band making Christian music in a Christian industry. I'm not saying that allows me to say a swear word in a song, but I understand the crowd that's listening to our music. If believers are encouraged by our music and empowered by it, I'm stoked by that because we're together. We're a family. But when I'm in the real world, when I'm talking to real people that are addicted to everything under the sun, thinking about suicide, that are dealing with demonic forces, the last thing they're thinking about is a swear word. In some countries, I'm more shocked at the reaction because it's so minor an issue. On the record, it's blurred. We knew the believers were going to make such a stink about it rather than give it a chance. The sad thing is that the, word ex- uh, the world expects that. When people go, I'm not going to listen to P.O.D. anymore because he said the F word and it's so ungodly. The world says, that's foolish. I love that song. He's talking about me. That's why I don't want to be a Christian. People like you. The institution of Christianity is so feeble, we don't think for ourselves. In my whole journey with God, I've been on the fence. I don't want a fake uh I don't want this fake thing. When I got saved, it was real. I don't think the world has a problem with Jesus. I think that they have a problem with these religious people that our church has become uh that has got in front of Jesus and said this is what Jesus is. Jesus is behind them saying, "Wait a minute, I need to clean this up so you can see me." That's 2000 years of history. I'm so sorry if it offends people, but when I'm talking to someone that's two steps away from hell, they understand what it means. So that is the leaping forward point of this discussion. And, and I think, I think, no, I think that's the end of the discussion. <laughs> I feel like right there we can just end it and be done. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> As for the reasoning of that, yes. But... <laughs> You know, still, still they censored the song. Uh, they didn't put the F word in the song. And I do believe that was the right decision. It still brought the, the same emotion. You still understood what was being said and the tone that it was being said in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it still made that point. But at the same time, it didn't actually say an explicit lyric. It didn't have to label the album explicit uh, or anything like that. Uh, there have been several instances where Christian artists, though, have actually cussed without blurring the word. Uh, King's Kaleidoscope had a song with two uh, F-words in it. The Classic Crime had one F-word. May did a cover song for the Punk Goes Pop series that used the F-word, and they went ahead and said it. Uh, But those bands aren't super mainstream in the Christian world. The one that used to be was John Rubin. John Rubin used to be one of the premier Christian, uh, you know, the white rappers, you know, the, 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 in the time when Toby Mac was just starting out and KJ five, two was big. John Rubin was right there too. Okay. And then this last, well, not his last album. I think it was two albums ago. He came out with an album that he titled sex, drugs, and self-control. And there was no song on there that said anything inappropriate or had any cuss words on it. But because the, title of the album had the words sex and drugs in it no christian radio station would play it 
because they would have to say what the album title was or put it in the metadata or whatever. It would be somewhere where people would see it. And so they wouldn't play anything off the album. The album wasn't particularly great either, but there were a couple songs on it that were radio worthy, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. But at that point, he kind of got kicked out of the Christian music industry, uh, at least in the mainstream sector. Fast forward several years, he came out with his latest album. And in two of the songs, like this album kind of tells a, a, a cohesive story through the songs, but in two of them, he uses the S word. And when he was asked about why he did it, he was, he was talking about how, well, number one, growing up, that was a word that his family used all the time. And so for him, he doesn't see it as a bad word, but he understands that other people do. But at the same time, he was trying to make a record that felt real and genuine. And so he decided to talk like he would actually talk. And so he put, he let those words slip in. They weren't, you know, they weren't part of the hook. They weren't this giant thing. There's just kind of a real quick moment where it just, there was the S word right in Mm -hmm. that lyric there. And, you know, there are music videos of those songs. And so you can see him actually saying them and, and I'll admit, even watching them, I'm like, ah, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And, of course, you know, we're not going to play a song here on Backdoor Radio that has the actual F word or S word or, you know, in it. Because I know a lot of y'all have kids and that's a decision that y'all need to make as to if you're going to let them hear profanity or not. Which, with TV and movies, with streaming and all that, that's... Almost not your choice anymore, <laughs> but with school, with school, yeah, oh yeah, but um, it's uh, it's difficult with those situations because what do you do? Now, I don't think it's as bad as a situation like we were talking about yesterday with bands that kind of leave the faith of if we still play them or not. If they have a song out there that has a cuss word in it that doesn't negate the rest of their stuff and doesn't negate them as Christians, uh, it's just they made a artistic choice. Right or wrong, uh, we probably won't play that song, but we can play all your other music. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, But it's even gotten to the point where people are afraid of the word hell. Now, when I was a kid, that was uh, just another one of the cuss words. Mm -hmm. You can't say the word hell ever, not even in reference to the actual place hell. Uh, to the point where I remember when I first started coming to this church and we were reading Bible verses and we got to verses that said the word hell, uh, I didn't know if I was allowed to say it. Yeah. You know, and, but, uh, you know, as time has progressed, we've kind of gotten over that yeah. as Christians. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. However, one of the people, you know, one of the, of all the bands or artists that would be on this list, I would think one of the last ones you'd ever think of this controversial list, would be Hillsong United. But Hillsong United is now on this list with their praise song, Even When It Hurts, parentheses praise song, uh, with their lyric that says, Even when the fight seems lost, I'll praise you. Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. Now, in this context, hurts like hell, Mm -hmm. you could see how that would sound like the cuss word version but right. at the same time, knowing what they're talking about, it's talking about actual hell. Yeah. And as a lyric, I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I, I don't I don't think we have this song on our, on our rotation, but I wouldn't have a problem having it because of that. Yeah. But apparently it caused a big deal, a big kerfuffle within the Christian music industry. So you, you've probably never heard the song. Yeah. Gentle listener. Uh, because it's not on radio <laughs> because of that one lyric. Yeah. Which is just, it's so strange to say that about a Hillsong United song. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, they're not going to be on here. Because they seem to be the tamest of all. Right. Um, so, we do play songs on Becker Radio that use the word hell uh, prominently in a way that some might consider cussing. Uh, not a lot. I have two, maybe three songs that I can think of that are like that. Uh, I know we have... Uh, one of the songs that's exclusive to our loud music hour on Saturdays is Stripers to Hell with the Devil, mm-hmm. uh, which actually came out in 1985. It came out when we were born. <laughs> but that was that was my first instance of hearing it in a Christian song, hearing yeah. the word in a Christian song. And that was, it was scandalous. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel like I was being rebellious yeah. when I listened to it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, and... Uh, we also have a, a song from a, a uh, independent band called Cypress and Cypress and Company. I think that's their name, Cypress and Co. Um, where their song's called "Through Hell." And it's talking about going, you know, going through hell to get to God, kind mm-hmm. of thing, get to salvation. And uh, you know, but they're they're promise, prominent. That these are these are in the chorus. You know, this is something you're going to hear multiple times in the song. Yeah, I don't get offended by it. I understand that other people might. What do you think? Do you get offended by the word hell? In a song? I do not get offended yeah. by the word hell. Knowing what you grew up listening to, I feel like you don't get offended by much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being judgmental here. Right. <laughs> Thou shalt not judge me. Um, I I do think that... There is a fine line and there's a boundary. And it's exactly for the reason that you said, you know, I don't necessarily want my 13-year-old walking around dropping F-bombs. Right. Um, But I've really had to, within the last year specifically, since both of my boys have been in middle school, I've really had to evaluate why is that? Why do I not want them walking around I don't walk around dropping F-bombs, but why do I have such a disdain for it? Right. Okay? Because we now live in a place where the teachers in our district are not allowed to um, punish or discipline kids for use of language. Because it's considered a cultural thing. Exactly for the reason that John Rubin said he grew up and the S-word was used in common conversation within his family um it's that is how it is here in our area of where we live you know that's just how families talk and while it's not how we talk with our kids kids the majority of the population here where we are they hear it from Mm -hmm. their parents on a daily basis and for us to punish them or discipline them for something that their parents do it's it's muddy waters it's you know, it's just hard mm-hmm. as an administrator or a teacher. That being said, I've really had to take a step back and go, okay, is this just something that I personally feel like? Or do I have 
scriptural backing, biblical backing to say, this is not how we talk. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. And that's that's typically how I want to lead. That's how I want to parent. I don't want to lead them, well, because I said it's wrong and that you have to do what I say. But I want to be able to back it up with scripture. Sure. And of course, we have that verse about, you know, not letting any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Exactly. And so that brings us back to that discussion that we had on cussing a while back. Yeah. Which, you know, well, what qualifies it as unwholesome is, you know, is cussing... I mean, there's like a spectrum to cussing. Mm-hmm. If it's genuinely emotional, genuinely uh, a, a actual real response, is that as sinful as, you know, a rap song that just kind of throws it out there just for fun yeah. and just drops it every other word yeah. for no reason? You know, are those equal? You know, and... You know, I think I, I don't remember where you landed, but I, re, I remember landing on the side of no, they're not equal. Uh, that an emotional an emotional response, an emotional reaction is more valid. And thus, in my opinion, I mean, I wouldn't say good per se, but I would say definitely more acceptable, uh, an acceptable usage of it. Uh, for instance, like usually the only time that I let cuss words slip is when someone's about to hit me with their car. And it's usually the S word. Yeah. And when I'm when I survive and I'm driving away, I don't feel bad that I said the S word. Yeah. That was my gut reaction of fear. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if I would have been able to stop myself if I tried, but in that moment I wasn't thinking, gosh, I wonder what God would think of me saying the S word when I get to heaven after I get plowed into by this uh minivan. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, I might die right now. That's what I'm thinking. Oh. And I don't want to. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm not. And at the same time, I don't think that's what God's thinking either. I don't think, oh, well, he almost died, but he said the S word twice. So. Yeah. 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 Shame, shame. You know, I don't think that's, I don't think that's how our, our God responds to that situation. Yeah. Uh, so with songs. <sighs> I don't know. I think like with John Rubin's songs, he could have easily gotten away without saying it. Using a different word, making the exact same point. Because they weren't really emotional usages of them. They were just kind of... uh, He's, you know, he just said that was the easiest word to put in there kind of thing. Yeah. That's what I would have said. But at the same time, I can respect his explanation of it. He wanted to make a real album that felt more genuine mm-hmm. and in order for it to be um, so if you made an album and didn't say didn't say dope in a single word in a single song i might would be like matt this isn't really you <laughs> you know what i mean yeah where and I can kind of I so I'm gonna put myself in the position of the family and the close friends of John Rubin who have spent their entire life listening to him talk and then he puts out this album and it's not really him it doesn't really sound like him in conversation in interaction with him why are you being some false person in your album do you know what yeah are you no and I, I get that. Get to where I'm going. Yeah. Are you following but my much, train of thought? Much like every discussion that we've had so far this week. Yeah. 
that's it's it's such a weird fine line between yeah. that and between it's it's interpreted differently by all all different manner of Christians and uh yeah I mean I can understand that and I can also understand the the complete opposite interpretation uh it's it's a weird situation yeah uh but we also find the same outrage uh when artists who collaborate with other artists cuss um who who cuss i'm sorry so even if they themselves don't so there there are several stories that have come out in the in the last uh, couple years but they most prominently happen in the rap and the r&b sector so lecrae uh, dropped a clean verse on a song with uh, artists named Mozzie and Rex Life Raj, whom I have never heard of either of those. Uh, but they both dropped a few cuss words in an otherwise positive song. It's called Blessings. Uh, but the last word, the last verse was really rough, like kind of kind of gross in the way. Okay. And and that was the song that you know that was the verse that kind of ended the song. So even though Lecrae's verse in the middle there was clean and appropriate and wonderful, because it was a part of this song that had this kind of rough verse at the end, Lecrae was the one getting the backlash as if he had said it. Of course. And then NF did the same thing. He dropped a clean verse on a song called Epiphany with the rap artist uh, Futuristic, who was originally this weird, like, nerdy rapper uh, and... He abandoned all that and said he hated what he put out as that. And now he was trying to kind of reinvent himself. And this was kind of the first thing that we saw of that reinvention. But in his verse, he dropped the S word a few times uh, while NF, you know, didn't because he doesn't cuss in his raps. Uh, And the song had a very positive tone as well as the other song. But NF got heat because Futuristic cussed and he was a part of that song. Should they get heat? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it bringing a positive message to a sector that might not hear it as much? Uh, Or is it collaborating with the devil? So, (laughs) I feel like, and it's going to seem so simple and basic, but this is my, this is my answer. So basic, Mom. So basic. Um, And... You don't like it, you don't like to hear it, you don't like to say it, okay. That's okay. That's your conviction. Stand by it, live by it, be true to it. Don't don't listen to it. You have now heard a song. Oh, okay, I'm not going to listen to that song anymore. Let's move on from it. Let's move past it. But let's not make such a big stink about little things like this because I can't help but question who you're reaching if this offends you so much, <laughs> I, I truthfully, yeah. I want to sit back and go, okay, then who are you sharing the gospel with? Mm-hmm. If you can't stomach to hear the S word or the F word, then who are you sharing the gospel with? Yeah. See, this reminds me of that discussion we had about Francis Chan a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. where he had accepted an invitation to come preach at the Send Conference, which was right. full of uh, mostly. Um, prosperity gospel preachers mm-hmm. and, and the like, and uh, this you know everyone was questioning why are you there? Why are you there? And so we finally answered 
look, I, I don't accept uh, speaking engagements to places where everybody else who's talking is going to sound like me. Yeah. I go to places where they might not be hearing the right message or or enough of uh, the right message. And so even if everybody else on the stage is preaching something that's off, I'm going to bring them something solid and biblical to take away. Yeah. And so it's it's planting a seed. Now, of course, this is a, a, a example where it's still in the faith community. Mm-hmm. But I see it in the same way as, you know, if I can sprinkle just a little bit of this godly positivity into the secular world, even if it is with a verse in a song that is otherwise... Uh, slightly offensive or inappropriate to the Christian world. If I can drop this into the secular world and maybe just put a little bit of, of a ripple mm-hmm. in this pond mm-hmm. and, and a little bit of a seed in the minds of, of the kids who are listening to nothing but, you know, inappropriate quote unquote rap mm-hmm. or music. How's that a bad thing? Yeah. The only thing, the only people that it hurts is the rapper themselves. Yeah. Because they're putting themselves out there in a position that they're going to get criticized for. Right. But they knew this was coming. They knew it would be a problem for some people. Yeah. But they also knew that those weren't the people they were trying to reach. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with what Lecrae or NF did. I have no problem that Kirk Franklin... Uh, was an influencer behind Kanye West's weird gospel album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's 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 been... We separate ourselves too much from the rest of the world. Sure, we are not of this world, mm-hmm. as the Bible puts it, but we are in this world, and we are supposed to be all things to all people. We're supposed to be able to live among those that don't believe to influence them in a positive way. Yeah. Not to yell at them, not to demean them, not to belittle them, mm-hmm. but to show them that love, that grace that Jesus did. When Jesus went and hung out and partied with the sinners and the tax collectors and the whatnot, he wasn't there, you know, pointing fingers in their face and yeah. holding picket signs and doing everything. He was there. Loving them, mm-hmm. showing them that godly love, that 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 path to salvation through those planted seeds, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and pretty much ever since then, we've been fighting with each other. Yeah, <laughs> Paul and Peter did the same thing. We were all getting it. Was it Paul? Was it Paul and Peter? Yeah, I think it was. Who are arguing over doctrine and arguing over what's the best way to do this and the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. And it just never stops because essentially we're just as bad as everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the thing that I think too many of us as believers refuse to accept is that we're just as we're not any better than anybody else just because we're Christians. Mm-hmm. We're just forgiven, and that's the only difference. Right. Um, lastly in this area is talking about relationships. Uh, we have a band on our rotation called Mike Mains and the Branches, and their latest album was a whole album about how Mike's and his wife's marriage nearly ended and how they fought back for it. But it is very raw. It's very emotional. 
Uh, and it, but it does include one song that heavily implies that they are sexually attracted to each other. And it's very obvious. But they are married. But talking about relationships that don't conform to the perfect Christian utopian relationship aren't allowed, even though those don't exist and never have. Uh, and even talking about that kind of stuff within the realm of marriage feels inappropriate because that's how we've been conditioned to think. Mm -hmm. Love songs are rare in the Christian Especially in the Christian mainstream, like stuff on K-Love. Yeah. You don't hear love songs on K-Love. Uh, very rarely. Every now and then they do that weird thing around Valentine's Day where, like, Matthew West writes a love song based on some listener's story. But it's not a common thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do hear a love song, it's always got some weird uh, external connection to, like, a Kendrick Brothers movie, like Fireproof or something. Yeah. Uh, but... To hear a song about a relationship that's not perfect, a relationship that's struggling, or or to hear a song about uh, bad relationships or times that you messed up in relationships in the past, uh, like Reliant K. They came out with an album called Collapsible Lung, which was almost entirely about relationships. Now, I don't know if these were based on true stories or if these were fictional accounts that they made up, but the relationships weren't quote-unquote godly relationships. These were things... Kind of outside of marriage, mistakes that they'd made, bad bad choices that they made. But, you know, they were presented as real stories and not as, like, life lessons or whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a quote-unquote Christian album, mm -hmm. as, it, as most of Reliant Case stuff has been. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people dislike it simply for that reason. I love that album. That's one of my favorite of their albums. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I can't put a lot of the songs on the... On the station. Yeah. Because they aren't framed around a Christian worldview, many mm -hmm. of them. They're framed around mistakes and there's no real resolution at the end. Yeah. To show any growth or Christian things. So it's a, a weird balance of, again, being real, mm -hmm. having real stories that really happen to real people. Yeah. Or keep this Christian facade going that the only things we can ever talk about are the things that must be perfect, that must be done exactly the way the Bible says. And if we talk about it in any other vein, it's bad. Or it's approving of it, or it's supporting it, mm -hmm. just to acknowledge that it exists. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same thing just like the cussing is, you know, why would we admit that some of us cuss, or why would we admit that some of us struggle when we could just write a song about how we don't need to do that or how we used to do that. And then God came and made us better. And now we're perfect Christians. That's just kind of the the formula I see. Yeah. Especially, in, again, in the mainstream radio. Yeah. Christian radio. But, uh, you know, now, like I said, with this song... The Mike Maines, you know, it's talking about sexual attraction between a husband and a wife. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feels weird, but not weird enough that I don't play it on the station. But it's, you know, it does take you back. So, you know, they use a word like lover in that song, mm -hmm. you know. And back in the 90s, you had Sixpence None the Richer came out with Kiss Me. Mm -hmm. You didn't hear that on Christian radio stations back right. then. 
You right. heard that on the secular radio stations. Yeah. <laughs> and there wasn't even really anything inappropriate in the song. It was just a song about Kiss, kiss Me. Yeah. Uh, baby, Baby. Amy Grant. You're going to oh, hear that yeah. on Christian radio stations. <laughs> yeah. True. It was very strange. And again, there were there wasn't anything really inappropriate in those songs. It was just acknowledging love. It was acknowledging relationships. It was acknowledging yeah. romance. But we couldn't have that. See, so here's my thought. Okay. Specifically on like those two songs in particular. I Do I think there's anything wrong with those two songs? No. Do I think there's anything wrong with music that encompasses relationships? No. That's why I listen to secular music. Do I listen to all secular music? No. But right. do I listen to secular music that I feel like um, speaks truth about worldviews and relationships and marriage and songs that I can relate to on any sort of level without um, compromising my convictions? Yes, I will listen to, to that kind of music. Do I feel like it should be on Christian radio? No. But here's why. Because Christian radio, to me, points back to Christ. There's an aspect of Christian music or Christian radio that at the end of it, like you were saying, there should be a resolution that points back to at least I can say, okay, this was a song pointing me towards Jesus. This was a song kind of helping me to um, uh, reconcile relationships in a way that is Christ-centered, is in a way that is focused on biblical views. So just because it's a, a good song, it's a relatable song, it's a song that I can pinpoint in certain areas of my life doesn't necessarily mean that it, and it's done by a Christian artist, doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be on Christian radio. Okay. Well, with, with that vein in mind, then, comparing those two songs, Kiss Me and Baby Baby, to the songs from Reliant K's album, which... Uh, Mostly focused on the non-ideal Christian relationship. Mm -hmm. Compared to those other two songs, Kiss Me and Baby Baby, which didn't seem to have anything really inappropriate in them in a Christian relationship setting. Right. It's just that they were focused on a relationship. Right. Wouldn't we give a pass to that if it was a a uh, biblically sound... Uh, relationship thing wouldn't that still kind of point to christ in that it's a you know we're celebrating that love that 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 husband and bride uh ideal that that uh we're supposed to be pushing yeah it's that fine line <laughs> yeah no yeah. and i agree i'm just it's I'm, that I'm playing, oh i know playing devil's advocate here just Ooh, we, are, we don't play devil's advocate matt we <laughs> don't too, need no advocates we are too oversaved for that kind of stuff up in here um it's that fine line i and i will say there's there's a song oh man i wish that i knew the title of it but there's a song by chris august that and he's a He's a Christian yeah. artist. Mm -hmm. I, But it's a song specifically about a husband and wife and about marriage. And I just can't remember the name of it. But anyway, when I first heard it, I can remember thinking, 
Ooh, that's a little, it's a little strange for me. I heard it at a Christian concert. He was with Big Daddy Weave. And I, it took me back because I thought, wait, I'm worshiping Jesus right now. I'm getting my worship on, but this really doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. Right. I will admit that I agree. Even when the song is, is biblically sound, mm-hmm. if it's not somehow at least indirectly focused on God, mm-hmm. uh, it feels weird. Yeah. But if it is even slightly focused on God, it doesn't. Yeah. Like like uh, DC Talk on their last album, Supernatural, they came out with a song called Godsend, and it's all about a woman, but you know, it's the song is here, Godsend. Mm-hmm. And so that was fine with me. I never was taken aback by that. Yeah. But at around the same time, Kiss Me came out. That always made me weirdly uncomfortable. Yeah. Even though it wasn't, nothing was really wrong with it. I'm like, this is strange. This I, is a Christian I can't, band. This yeah, is I can't envision myself in my prayer to God saying, kiss me beneath <laughs> the milky twilight. <laughs> but the, see, yeah, but see, that also brings up a whole nother debate in Christian music, which we won't get into now. But the idea of does all Christian music have to be about Christianity or can we talk about other things? Not just relationships, but like, you know, just other problems, family, whatever. 21 Pilots, they're not a Christian band technically, but they're on our station because they're Christians in a band, which is another conversation we'll have tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they have a song. They have several songs that aren't about uh, God. They have several songs that are, uh, though they're so flowery sometimes it's hard to tell. But uh, poetic, we'll put it poetic. But, you know, they have a song about family called My Blood. And, you know, it's not really focused on God. It's focused on, you know, I'll be there for you in any situation. Yeah. Uh, because you're family. Yeah. And, you know, is is that a it's okay a fine message? line it's is a it fine not? line because, it's really weird so because we are adopted as family we are adopted yeah. as sons and daughters of of god so i can mm-hmm. see i don't know the song but i can see how i could take that message and say okay yes mm-hmm. i am of his blood i am his family you know he's always going to be there for me mm-hmm. he's the one who i can rely on and depend on i don't know that i can say that i want god to be my lover. Even that. Jesus, lover of my soul. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Even that one that for one me was a little like, <laughs> It's because of that word. Because it's genuinely, generally used for like a sexual lover. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. When, we, when we say the word lover. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So, I, and I don't think that there's really any right or wrong argument. I think that it's just a personal... And, yeah. and I don't even know that it's a conviction. It's just a personal preference. Yeah. You know, of what makes us feel comfortable and what makes us feel <laughs> a little e. Right, we're going to take a pause right there. When we come back, the third and final uh, focus on this Christian music focus special that we have today. And in the last segment, we're going to be talking about the difference between a Christian band and Christians in a band actually quite the fascinating topic stick around for that but first a new nerdy definition see you in a bit we here at ltn radio know that not everybody is nerdy in the same ways and you might find yourself in a situation where you hear a word or a phrase that you've never seen before and have no idea what it means well have no fear 
I'm here to help. Today's term is otaku. Otaku, spelled O-T-A-K-U, is a Japanese term for people with consuming interests, particularly in anime and manga. Its contemporary use originated with a 1983 essay by Akio Nakamori in Manga Bariko. In Japan, the word otaku has generally been regarded as an offensive word due to the negative cultural perception of withdrawal from society due to consumption in those interests. However, the otaku way of life has gained a significant amount of interest among Japanese youth and adolescents as well as people from all over the world. To learn more about who the otaku are and how we can reach out to them as believers, we encourage you to check out JesusOtaku.com with our friend Cecilia Rose. Hope this helps. Come back next week for another nerdy definition. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt, and we hope you're listening to us on LTN Radio, where we air each weekday morning at 7 a.m. and again at 9 a.m. Central. You can head over to LTNOnAir.com and see the schedule, and also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone device. Stay up to date with our show, and enjoy the amazing mix of music we have playing all throughout, too. Today is a Christian music-focused special where we have talked about Christian artists who've left the faith. We've talked about Christians who choose to cuss in their music. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the distinction between a Christian band and Christians in a band. It's the difference between Newsboys and 21 Pilots. Well, uh, actually, there's quite a lot of difference between those two bands. Uh, But that's the specific (laughs) dichotomy we're going to be focusing on today. Let's just dive into that discussion, shall we? Tackled several topics, but the last one we're tackling is Christian bands versus Christians in a band. When we first launched, we had quite a few people upset or at least confused as to why we played 21 Pilots on our station. Now we've played, we play other bands uh, that don't necessarily identify as Christian bands, but 21 Pilots is very popular right now. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the most obvious. Uh, I have had several discussions this year with people as I defended the choice uh, that that both members are professing Christians and that many of their lyrics speak on faith matters, albeit in a more poetic way than some people may desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've wanted to feature bands that are, are overtly Christian, but also bands that are made up of Christians that write about other issues. Uh, there are several bands out there that are kind of considered Christians in a band and not necessarily Christian bands. Now, this is not that BuzzFeed list of the, uh, oh, here's 10 uh, bands or artists that you didn't know were Christian. And it had like Lenny Kravitz on it and Evanescence who have come out and said, well, no way we're Christians and you know all these other bands that don't fall in the right category. This is an actual list of bands. Uh, so the number one that I have on the list is Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. Switchfoot used to be a Christian band. They used to call themselves a Christian band, but have since come out and said that we are not a part of the Christian genre. They still write about faith matters. They still write about God and Jesus specifically, uh, but they don't typically say the name. I mean, it's clear that's who they're talking about, but it's not 
overt in that they don't actually say the name Jesus. And they get a lot of criticism for that. Uh, in fact, I, the, the most recent one was from our, our buddy Joey Porter um, from, the, from Constant Halo that you'll hear on the station. And then he's currently a part of the Joey Porter band. Mm-hmm. That is still waiting to record. But anyway, you know, he said that that's that's been the most frustrating thing for him with Switchfoot is that he likes their music, but he's like, "Can you just say the name Jesus at some point?" Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. that's we all know that's who you're talking about. Just mm-hmm. say it once mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one song. Yeah. And you know, I get that. I get that idea. But at the same time, Switchfoot is also trying to reach people that aren't in that Christian genre, and. Not necessarily just to make music for them, but to kind of plant those ideas and mm-hmm. plant that morality and plant that uh, whatever. I'm doing weird motions with my hands, talking with my hands. That's not how you plant things. <laughs> plant. <laughs> Flip it all over. And <laughs> drop them. Uh, we got another band. Uh, this one's more into, towards the secular side. This would be U2. I was saying it like I was saying YouTube. U2. U2. <laughs> Um, you two, that's, that was, um, the other day we talked about, uh, a station that's kind of in our local area. It's out of Albuquerque called, uh, Star 88. Uh, and they've gone through several name changes over the years. The previous one was called Static Radio. When Static Radio started, they started similar to the way we did with playing 21 Pilots. They started playing U2 mixed in with the normal standard Christian music, uh, because, you know, they are. All Christians in the band, albeit they're more liberal-oriented Christians, um, and they have written several songs about uh, Christian matters, even specifically about Jesus, uh, like the song "40." You know, I waited patiently for the Lord; He inclined and heard my cry. You know, that's those are songs that are clearly, clearly about uh, you know our, our faith, mm-hmm. and so they they started playing YouTube, but they got a lot of backlash for it. Uh, they got a lot of people complaining. They even had to put it on their website. Why do you play U2? And put their whole answer on there. Wow. And, you know, that was a tough a tough stand to take. But they believed in it. And they believed, you know, it was okay to enjoy this music and to support this band, even if they don't fall in line with the typical Christians. Right. Or typical Christian music stance. Because, you know, we are a spectrum as believers. And it's okay to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they, it was hard. And when they switched over to star 88, they stopped, um, because I'm assuming they got tired of dealing with it. Yeah. (laughs) Dealing with the anger. Uh, other band Chevelle, they're not as big right now, but they were back when we were in high school, Mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, the red and point number one, send the pain below, uh, Al city. You hear him. If you ever hear Al city, it's usually on things like. The background music for America's Got Talent, or you know, some some reality Ralph. show, Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, he did that. He does. Some, you know, it's usually not in Christian circles. Yeah, specifically, uh, though. It is in my Christian circle. Absolutely, though, uh, <laughs> and most of his songs too aren't very faith oriented. Right, many of them are, but most of them seem to be either love songs or just kind of. Weird poetic songs that you kind of have Happy to interpret. Yeah, yeah, you don't really, it's not really about uh, a lot yeah. <laughs> that can be determined. Uh, I still don't know what Hello Seattle is about. I love it. 
but I don't know what it's about. It's saying hello to Seattle. <laughs> Jeez, Matt. It's in the name. <laughs> uh, there's a hard rock band called War of Ages. Uh, we play them in our 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 back row, comma, but louder mm. uh, show on Saturdays. But they don't consider themselves a Christian band either. Uh, Lifehouse has come out and said, you know, they don't really like to consider themselves Christian band. That, you know, they are Christians. They talk about God uh, constantly. But once you put that label on it. Yeah. So that's the, kind of the question that we'll start with is, is what's the purpose of labeling a band Christian? I want to ask that question to you to get your well, we, initial response. We talked about it yesterday. Um and I feel like my answer is going to be the same. When I think of a Christian band, I'm thinking of a band that it, at least the majority of their songs, I can turn back to my relationship with Jesus. Right. Um, it in some way is going to worship or glorify God. Um that what that's what I kind of think of when I think of a a Christian band. Sure, and it, it's difficult to judge that when we come to like the singles that we hear on the radio mm-hmm. or songs out of order. But when you take bands like that, it's typically supposed to be ingested as the album, right? And so, as the album, there's usually at least a couple songs in there that are specifically about faith, and sometimes they tie in to the other songs that don't seem like they are. Mm-hmm. But when you take them out of order or separately, it's hard to find that connection, right? And uh, so, I mean, I agree with you in that you know we want to make sure that the music kind of takes us back to Jesus, but it's hard to do that when it's set up in the way that I would say a lot of bands do it mm-hmm. as this is a, a piece of art. This is a work and it includes all the songs, mm-hmm. not just the individual songs. Uh, so in that part, I would say that we kind of have to be a little bit forgiving, I guess. Yeah. In that respect. Um, <laughs> then again, Al City has a song called, you know, Bombshell Blonde. <laughs> it's all about <laughs> Girl, he's he's chasing after, you know, and that has no real spiritual significance to right. it. It's a fun song. It's very peppy. It's very energetic, and you know, there's nothing biblically wrong with it. But you know, can't really classify that as a specific Christian song, right? Yeah, as we yeah, like you said, like we were talking about yesterday with the the love song stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a Christian who wrote it, right? And so it comes down to if if we're I guess if we label something Christian, if we label a band Christian, then what we expect them to do is just create music in that vein of mm-hmm. of about Jesus, about God, about our faith, every song. Right. And that's why Reliant K got so much flack with Collapsible Lung after, you know, a dozen albums or so already that have all been in line with that Christian aspect, albeit, you know, some of them have been goofy and weird, but it was very clear, especially given a listen of the whole album, that most majority of their songs are very focused on spiritual growth mm-hmm. and where they want to be versus where they are, um, with very few songs deviating from that mm-hmm. uh, train of thought. But Collapsible Lung, there was only one song, I believe, on it that mentioned faith 
at all. And it was the focus of the song, but the rest of them was, you know, more about personal experience and, uh, outside of faith or before faith or, or what have you, however you interpret the songs and mostly about relationships. And so people got upset because, Hey, you're a Christian band and we have a standard that that's set for Christian bands and you're not following that. Right. And I feel like that's the thing that people get most offended by. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not the music style. It's not the, the, uh, the lives of the people in the band. It's the, what are you producing? Mm -hmm. And what is the lyrical content of it? And, uh, there's, there's a point to that, which, uh, I meant to bring up in a previous discussion that I didn't, where it's almost like we can't even enjoy music. That it's all lyric focused. Yeah. Like you don't hear guitar solos in Christian songs almost yeah. ever. Yeah. Because, you know, well, I don't say here <laughs> because you're glorifying the guitarist. That's not that, really the reason, I don't think. But I, I do, do you think, think so. You think I that's do the think, reason? Yeah, I do think so. I think that has. I think that has a big portion of hmm. of why it is. I, I, I really haven't thought about it. It just kind of popped in my head. I think it. Well, and not necessarily just. The guitar itself, but the guitarist. You're having a solo. Well, what, what are, who are you glorifying? Hmm. Who's receiving any glorification from your solo? While I don't agree with it, I think it's kind of a you silly think that could be part of it, though? argument. I do think that that's the, a big argument right. from it. I think you might be right. Um, which is, of course, like you said, I, I think that's weird. I mean, you know, the example that we use on our side is, you know, the Christian plumber. You know, we don't expect the Christian plumber to uh, be perfect in his theology or to sit there quoting scripture while he's plunging away at the toilet. Right. You know, we don't expect um, this this uh, <laughs> plumber to be sitting there saying, you know, glory to God, glory to God every single time he plunges. Right. And so... It's a skill that God has given him the ability to accrue and to bless people with and to make a business out of. And he can use that to, to showcase his faith, to, to be you know, personable, to be nice, to be kind, to, to give charitably, to do all this stuff. And still you know, celebrate that skill by using it every day. Right. Why couldn't we do that the same thing with musicians? You know, it's not glorifying the the uh, lead singer when he sings the entire song. Mm-hmm. Why do we, why would we feel that way about the individual uh, musicians if they get a, uh, a solo, if they get to show off the talent that God's given them? And so I think I'm, the more we're talking about this, the more I think you're actually really correct that that could very well be the main reason <laughs> that people think, well, they're showing off now. Mm-hmm. They could just be keeping the beat, but now they have to, you know, have mm-hmm. fun with it mm-hmm. and show yeah. off how good they are. This is no longer about God. <laughs> this is no longer about me worshiping God, but now I have to stand here and listen to them play. So what, I'm supposed to worship the guitarist? <laughs> so what would be the 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 positive negative comparison, do you think, to being in a band made up of Christians who've decided not to let themselves be labeled a Christian band. Okay, so 
I really hate to say this. Okay. Okay. I The question as worded here on my outline is what are the benefits of being labeled Christian compared to the benefits of not? I do not see the benefits of being labeled Christian. And that makes me really sad to say. As a band, I don't see the benefits. I am in 100% agreement with you. Yeah. Uh, if anything, that has become such a restrictive label in music mm-hmm. that sets too high a standard for people, which we've already talked about this too this week, is that you know we we set an an un uh, unreachable bar, yeah, for musicians, and expect them to be on par with you know seminary trained right uh pastors and whatnot when it comes to how they are able to represent their faith and explain why they believe what they believe or where their songs are written Mm -hmm. uh we we look to them as some sort of spiritual role model when that's not really what they are they're just using their talents that god's given them to express genuine things just Mm -hmm. like david did did in the psalms yeah you read the psalms the psalms are half of them are about david lamenting life and and uh, even some of them are him being angry at God in, in one half of the psalm. And then the second half is the resolution where he realizes, you know, this is his fault. That's what this music is about. Yeah. It's the same thing that it's always been. It's, it's putting our struggles as human beings into something expressive. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like you said, when we label, when we're forcing a label of Christian... Uh, onto a band, we are putting them into a very, very small box creatively mm-hmm. and setting that bar way too high personally for mm-hmm. each person. Yeah. It's it's an impossible standard to continually stay up at without completely screwing everything up. Mm-hmm. And see, like Toby Mac. Has been high on the charts forever. DC Talk, Toby Mac, great. You know what else, though, I know about Toby Mac? Practically nothing. He doesn't get out there and talk about controversial issues. He doesn't really get out there and talk a lot at all. There are several interviews that he's had, but they're all usually surface level about the music. There's, uh, and you know... The things that he does talk about are things like racial equality and and stuff like that, which Christians, you know, all typically tend to get behind. But, you know, you don't he doesn't allow himself to be forced to give an opinion on things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's benefited him. That level of secrecy almost uh, has benefited him because he's just choosing to stay silent and not putting himself in situations where he's going to be forced to answer uncomfortable questions and alienate people because that's not what he wants to do. And while on the one hand, we want to say, you know, we should all be willing to stand up for certain things. On the other hand, let the man be, you know, a normal person sometimes. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, uh, we, we don't want to, we don't want to have a situation like we talked about yesterday where we're driving these musicians out of the faith right simply because we refuse to be nice to them exactly (laughs) 
<laughs> and that that is what it boils down to. Yeah. It, we are supposed to be a family, mm-hmm. you know, and... I'm this, sure families fight, but... Sure, absolutely. They don't. But the second that... <laughs> Humiliate the other people. Someone does something wrong or their opinions differ from ours... Get out! Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. out of the family! Till you think a little bit more conservatively. And I know that there are families out there that do run like that. But that's not but how all, God designed the family. We all know that's not ideal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do think there are plenty of benefits for a Christian band to not be labeled Christian. Because uh, number one, just like uh, Sonny Sandoval was talking about uh, in our previous discussion about you know cuss words and whatever, you know this this lets them get a huge fan base of people that aren't Christian, that aren't going to walk into the doors of a church, that aren't going to necessarily listen to a preacher, but he gets to bring these messages of Jesus, of hope, of change, of uh, redemption to a subset of people that otherwise might never hear these messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, switch foot the same way. Um, and 21 Pilots, I think, is doing that same thing in that they're, uh, they, they deal with a lot of issues on mental health, which is mm-hmm. what really drove me to them with the lyrics is that, you know, the, the main guy has struggled with suicide before. He struggled, they both struggle with depression at some point. And uh, Tyler Joseph is the main guy. And uh, they write about that, and they write about it openly. Yeah. And they write about it with, with, uh, with raw emotion and struggle and knowing that they're not where they need to be and knowing that despite the fact that God still loves them, they struggle with, with their doubts and they struggle with their, their uh, um, you know, men- mental issues. And uh, you know, they, have a, they have a song called Doubt, which is, I think, the most overtly Christian song that I've heard from them, which is uh, Don't Forget About Me, Even When I Doubt You, I Can't Live Without You. Hmm. And it's... Clearly, I mean, you read the lyrics, you know, nobody can say, you know, this is about a woman or this is about anything else. Yeah. This is clearly about God. Yeah. This is clearly about his faith. And, uh, but try as you might, sometimes you just can't convince people of that mm-hmm. because again, flowery stuff. Um, but I did find, and we've added to the station, he was a producer on an album for a guy named, uh, his last name is Whitaker and the music, the band's called Whitaker Music. He was a producer on this album and he was a guest uh, artist bless you sorry on five of these tracks and this music is like worship music mm. but he added his own little 21 pilot spin to these songs but in many of them he's overtly saying the name of Jesus he's overtly saying uh, spiritual matters in ways that he doesn't normally in the 21 pilots realm yeah and so that not only took a big weight off my mind of that tiny bit of doubt in the back of my mind of maybe they're not really Christians, you know, yeah. maybe they just said that in that one interview. But yeah. now like I'm hearing him actually really expressing uh, his, his faith. You know, there's one, he still did a, you know, semi rap verse in one of these songs uh, where he says, you know, and I don't mean it to sound like blasphemy to say that I'm talking about the day my God passed away, but that's not the end of the story. Uh, and it keeps going. And, you know, it's, it's, it was an Easter song, you wow. know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's beautiful to hear that and hear that expressed so openly. And now I have a, <laughs> something to point to, which I didn't right. have when I first had these arguments with people a year ago, uh, something to point to to say, 
read this and tell me he's not Christian. <laughs> Christian. Yeah. Then you can see, well, maybe he is doing something a little bit better than what we think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the ability to... Oh, yeah, that was, that was, sorry, that was the point that I was making. I found that music on YouTube, the Whitaker music on YouTube, where in the comments section, almost every comment is from someone who, number one, didn't know that Tyler Joseph was a Christian at first. Mm -hmm. Or, number two, wasn't a Christian themselves, but said, this music's amazing. Yeah. There are so many comments that I saw that said, I'm not even a Christian, and this is great. Yeah. And... You know, Tyler Joseph's only in like, you know, a little a quarter of the song. You know, it's mostly this other guy. Yeah. Lyrics. And, you know, they're not just saying Tyler's part's great. They're saying this, this song is great. This music is great. Yeah. yeah. And it is, like I said, it's just a worship song. It really is just a worship song. This with a little bit more beat to it. But that is putting those words into the minds of all these people mm -hmm. that might have not otherwise ever heard it mm -hmm. simply because the guy from 21 Pilots is singing on it. Right. And I think that's amazing. And that's yeah. exactly, exactly the kind of, of amazing benefit that you can have mm -hmm. by just being a musician mm -hmm. and letting the work speak for itself. Yeah. Which is what we're called to do, right? We're called to let our the fruit be the thing that talks for us. Not supposed to be drilling it into people's heads of I'm a Christian, I'm better, follow me. It's, hey, uh, uh, I believe something. This is the fruit of that belief. And that opens the door for them to come in and say, okay, I need to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it really makes me question, are we going to use our platform or are we going to have our platform box us in yeah you know and that's that i feel like that's how you can separate the two because sadly being labeled as a christian band you're going to be boxed in yeah people are not going to listen to you unless they are christians and for some that's okay Sure. There are plenty of Christian bands out there that wear that label proudly. Sure. Because that is their main focus. Their main focus is always on this worshipful music or this music that's pointed 100% towards God. And that's perfectly great. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Continue. But I also <laughs> feel like we're called to reach. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can't reach if you are being confined. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I if I were a musician, I would not want to be labeled as a Christian musician. I I would f be fighting that battle. Would most of my songs be geared towards Jesus or, you know, my relationship with him or some some sort of Christian standard? Yes. Mm -hmm. But would I want to be boxed and labeled as a Christian musician? I don't think I would. Yeah. And see, there are other bands out there that, uh, you know, are very much not Christian bands, though some of the members or maybe the lead singer is a Christian, mm -hmm. just not kind of that perfect cookie cutter Christian, you know, mm -hmm. some of them cuss or right. have other struggles. But we have bands like Mumford and Sons, we have Chance the Rapper, all of them talk about uh, faith matters and Jesus and mm -hmm. all this many times in their songs, though this is obviously secular music. Yeah. Uh, this is not 
not either of what we're talking about. It's not Christian bands. It's not Christians in a band who are trying to reach both audiences. Right. This is people who are Christians but are musicians in the in the normal secular world of music. Yeah. And that's kind of where they're staying. And while you know, I you know, I wish we could still keep it a little bit cleaner, and so it could be a little more widespread. I'm not upset at the fact that they're at least still using that platform mm-hmm. to put the idea of Jesus, to put the idea mm-hmm. of faith out into the world. Yeah. Um, they might not be doing exactly how I would want it, but it's out there and that's better than it not being out there. Right. Um, but yeah, it's this, uh, if, if this week has taught us anything in our discussions, it's that Christian music is, is in a volatile state right now. Mm-hmm. It's in, it's on very shaky ground from many different sides. Some of it, our fault, some of it, their fault, some of it, the world's fault. Right. Most of it our fault. <laughs> and uh, we don't really know where it's going to go from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I do know is that we're going to be playing the best of it. All right. We're going to take one more break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, I'll share with you something that I love. More back row to come. Stick around. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, I want to share with you something that I love. It came like a, 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 a just like it snuck into our lives. I mean, it came out of nowhere. I didn't even realize it was happening. There has been a show that I've been following since since childhood called Unwrapped. Uh, it's hosted by Mark Summers, which many of you might remember from childhood as the host of Double Dare on Nickelodeon. Unwrapped was a show that took you to all like the factories and the specialty shops and and some cool restaurants behind some of America's favorite foods, usually candy, junk food and stuff like that. But it was always very fascinating to watch. I loved it. And I've been begging for it. And sure. In fact, I've said it on this show many, many times. I've been begging for like a DVD release or since all these new streaming services come out, one of you, one of you get the rights to Unwrapped and let me watch all the seasons of Unwrapped. And it's never happened. But uh, every six months or so, I go online and I try and search what streaming service has unwrapped. And I never find it. Never find it anywhere. 
Last week, I went and I did that search. I was going to bed. I sat on, on, my, on my bed. I got on my phone. I was doing those last few things you do before you turn on your alarm and go to sleep. And that just popped into my head all of a sudden. I'm like, I wonder if. I wonder if one of the streaming services now, because we have two new ones since I've done a search. You know, we got Peacock and we got HBO Max. Maybe one of those has unwrapped. So I do a search again. And I find out that that very day, a new streaming service had launched that I was completely unaware was coming. Discovery Plus. Discovery Plus launched with 55,000 episodes from shows from Food Network, Discovery, of course, History Channel, Travel Channel, HGTV, Lifetime, a whole mess of others. Like, it's a gigantic gigantic service and it's all the shows both present and past that i love to watch and have never been on streaming services or are on some streaming services some seasons with ads all kinds of garbage food network is the big draw food network hgtv and a little bit of travel channel are the big draws for me and there's so much stuff. I found out there are 22 seasons of Unwrapped. Full seasons, 22 of them. I'm going to be watching Unwrapped forever. I immediately searched for how to get an account and found out Verizon offers a free year of it, just like they did for Disney+. Plus. So I am signed up, and my goodness gracious, I could not be happier. It's got all the cooking competitions, every season of everything. Oh, and I mean, I've only scratched the surface of what's in there, but I love it. This is this is going to be like the dark horse streaming service because you know, anytime we find ourselves like in a hotel or you know traveling in the hospital, anything like that, where we have the full range of cable at our fingertips, that's what we always land on: HDTV and Food Network. Those are the two channels we watch, and it's because it's good. <laughs> it's good and entertaining stuff. It's it's reality TV without the raunch, you know? So it's just almost just pretty much wholesome. Wholesome, cool stuff, especially Unwrapped. Unwrapped is fantastically wholesome. It's something that I can actually have on the TV with my little kids running around the house, which is something that I've been not able to do for a long time, unless it's a kid's show. So, yeah, check that out because you might actually love it. Go get the free trial, or if you have, uh, I think, it's certain Verizon Unlimited plans, you can get it for a year for free. I believe it's only five bucks, five bucks a month, and it's already got a bazillion things. The other thing that it has, it's never, I've been, never been able to get on DVD, is Man vs. Food on Travel Channel, where Adam Richman, and then there's a new guy now, went around to all the different food challenges, you know, like the, if you can eat all this in an hour, or if you can finish this spiciest thing ever, you get a trophy or your picture on the wall or whatever. He went around and did all those food challenges and some he won and some he didn't, but it was a super entertaining thing. Oh, see, I'm just, that's two shows. I'm mentioning two shows. There are a billion on this, on this uh, new streaming service. This is one that I'm actually overjoyed to see exist. So go check that out yourself. Now, if, if you're a reality TV junkie, uh, I mean, I, I don't encourage that 
but it also has TLC on it. So it's got all those TLC shows, the, the Dr. Pimple Popper, the 600 pound life. Blech. I'm not a fan. I know some of you are. Mo is, I'm not sure of those two shows, but Mo is a fan of the reality stuff. Just, you know, it's, it's there for you. It's there for you. Go check it out. Discovery plus, uh, it's, it's, it's the real deal. Let's end with our verse for the day. Micah 718. Who is a God like you pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. we got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission to become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit give.ltnonair.com. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Don't forget, you can also select Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice on smile.amazon.com, and that gives LTN a small kickback for your purchases at absolutely no cost to you. Now, it really is just, you know, pennies uh, on an order, but I have noticed that just in since October, uh, I have now generated $7.33 for Love Thy Nerd through the smile thing. Imagine how much that's going to be in, you know, a full year and still maybe not the giantest of donations. But if all of us did that, those of us who use Amazon on a fairly regular basis, that's going to generate a, a pretty penny for them. So I would highly encourage it. Go to smile.amazon.com and just search for Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice. Follow us on all the socials at the Back Row LTN, at LTN On Air, and at Love Thy Nerd. And the Back Row Morning Show has its own Facebook group community as well for Christian humor. Back Row Baptist Church. Uh, we just hit 7.6 thousand members. Whew, it's getting a bit overwhelming. <laughs> Lastly, just in case you ever miss a day, find the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave reviews something along the lines of, it's the second best thing to the music on LTN Radio. Join us tomorrow morning for Back Row Rewind. I'm not sure exactly what our rewind's about tomorrow, but it's going to be a good one. Hear it right here on LTN Radio at 7 a.m. Central Time with an encore at 9 a.m. And Lord willing, Mo and I will be back with new episodes next Monday. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it is true. Jesus loves you, nerd. Nerd.